Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in He's picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown, Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. Drink it in. Drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. I'm your host, Derek Okri, and I got no Grifka, no Grifsky, no Waffle Maker today. This is where we do our solo shows. And I got tons to talk about. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. Again, you can find me on Twitter if you want to talk football, fantasy football, um, anything in general. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Definitely check me out there. But I I got about 20 to 30 things jotted down here. I'm going to try to go rapid fire today and just hit as much as I can. Talk about as much as I can Detroit Lions related. Again, without Grifka, I've got the different mics set up. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm also going to try to fit in some audio clips for you guys in between my takes. Have a little bit of fun with that as well. So we'll uh, have a great show today. I appreciate you guys joining me. So let's dive right into it. First thing I got here, Yananik Ngakwe. Um, the beast for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I talked about him a bunch, wanting him to come to the Lions. There was a little bit of rumor innuendo that maybe they were in on this. Sure enough, he goes to the Minnesota Vikings for $12 million, a second-round pick, and a fifth-round pick, which could uh, you know increase itself. This is just so frustrating. Again, you know, I didn't see the Lions getting him this late in the game. I feel like the Lions put a lot of thought into you know continuity and just wanting who they want to have. But I definitely think this guy could have helped him from a pass rush perspective. And I feel like they slept at the wheel again. Not only did they miss out on the player, the player is now in their division. They're going to have to deal with him. So, you know, the price tag wasn't bad. The compensation wasn't bad. I wish the Lions could have been in on this. They weren't. They missed out on another really good football player. We'll see how this works out for him when the season hits. What the hell are you doing? Next take. Leonard Fournette. Now... This, I'm, I'm recording here on a Monday, kind of in the afternoon, so it came out that Leonard Fournette was waived by the Jacksonville Jaguars, have until Tuesday at 4 p.m. to see if anybody claims him. You know, I put a little thing out on Twitter about maybe my reasons why he intrigues me. He's young, he's physical, he's got a little bit of nasty in him, uh, he has been productive, you know, you could not be, you know, he had his best season last year somehow where the Jaguars have been going down the tubes, you know, totally rebuilding that squad. I think he has a lot left in the tank. I think he's got a bad rap as being a bad guy. I think this is the kind of player that you at least consider, you know, rolling the dice on and people are like, well, we got carry on. We got Swift. You know, I like, uh, I like Huntley. I like, you know, Ty Johnson. It's like, you like those guys better than Leonard Fournette. <laughs> no, you don't, because Leonard Fournette is a physical beast. He's got pedigree. He's 25 years old. He showed last year he can catch the football. You could bring him in here on a one-year deal for his $4 million and say, hey, if it works out great, we'll consider keeping you. I mean, there's a good chance that he's better than Carryon Johnson right now. So if he balls out, plays great, he's a great teammate, everybody loves him, he's really impactful, hey, Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Swift, let's go. Um, if he doesn't work out so well, you lose out on $4 million, and what? You let him walk, and then you tell him, hey, then you can go, and you'll be a free agent, sign wherever you want for as much as people will pay you. 
you know, that sounds like a worth risk considering for me. Now, if you don't want to go that route, you think you're set, okay, great. But we haven't been able to run the football since, uh, you know, in the late 90s. So it'd be nice if we could. And, and adding a guy like this, I think, protects you against injury. It lets you really have some thump and be able to do some some bigger things as well as just have that legit depth. I mean, carry on Fournette Swift this year as your top three, and then you maybe keep Ty, Bo, and you got Huntley as your scat back. I mean, come on now. Everybody knows that's better than what we currently have, and that could be a really good situation if they're serious about running the football. You know, uh, you're not still going to pound it 40 times even if you added Leonard Fournette, but sure would help or be better than what we've had. So I say Bob Quinn, go, go put in a claim. What What is it, like the uh, um, the Bengals and Washington, I think, are really the only teams in front of you, if, if I'm correct on how the waiver wire works there. So I, I could see Washington putting in a claim, but they've already got six running backs, none of which are that great, um, as Grifka might say. They're, um, they're, they're not that great. Um, but you know, I could see that happening, but I could also see those two teams passing and the Lions being the first up that could just say, yeah, we'll take $4 million. We got room. We, we know we can get Kenny signed still. We, we know we can get Taylor Decker, uh, you know, inked up. So we'll see what they do. I'm really curious. I'm not holding my breath for it, but it would be pretty dynamic if they said, Hey, we're bringing in Fournette, carry on Fournette and uh, Swift for this year, see what happens and then roll after that. It drives me freaking bonkers. All right, next topic. Corey Unling calling the plays. I, I feel like, I, I don't know what we have in Corey Unling. Like, he seems like he gets along with Matt Patricia great. That's all fine and well. I feel like he has a cool demeanor about him, but also kind of awkward and weird. So, you know, he said, I'll be calling the plays. You know, obviously Matt Patricia will have uh, veto power over anything he wants to do. But I, I really don't like a guy that's never been a coordinator just all of a sudden calling plays in this season where I feel like we have a better team. This is a really important year for Patricia and Quinn. Like, I just don't know. I feel like a, better, a year of just total kind of learning as well as being a player's coach and all that would be much better. But, I mean, we'll see. I, I thought it was good. At least they had the confidence to come out and say, yeah, I'm calling plays. And if something gets vetoed, it gets vetoed. I mean, that's all fine and well, but. Um, you know, we will see what he has. I mean, I'm hoping I'm saying after this season that, man, Corey Unling is a tremendous guy, a great coordinator, a great piece for this team, gets along with Patricia Well, is going to be great for years to come. But I can't say that based on never seeing him and him never doing the job. You know, it's like expecting the guy to be tremendous his first day of work. I mean, I think it's a rarity that people come in and are just um, off the charts like that. But... You know, when when it happens, it's great because, you know, still young, you know, he can grow in the role and he's good from day one. That obviously helps. So, Corey Unling, I hope you're a great defensive coordinator. I'm holding my breath this year, but I like your ability to connect with the players, it sounds like, and your confidence. It seems like you got confidence to do this thing, and that's that's good as well. Wow! 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 Uh, word came out, Nick Bodden going on IR, big shocker there. I mean, this was a guy they took to add some thump. All he's done is, is been on the sidelines and been dinged up all three of the seasons here with the Detroit Lions. I mean, this guy, you might as well get the hit the road jack music uh, going because I, I feel like he's out of town. He's, you know, used up all his, um, you know, opportunities here in Detroit. You know, this was a guy I thought that was going to be able to be a nasty fullback and be able to open some holes. It looks like he's just a... Uh, you know, what does Grifka often say on the show? Prospects are suspects until they do something. Well, Nick Baud, you never did anything. So we'll put Kabinda back at uh, fullback and just or get away with that. Or Isaac Nod if we need it. But I see him hitting the road here. So too bad it didn't work out. But uh, not a big deal when we're talking fullbacks in, in, in the NFL in 2020. That's terrible. All right, let's let's dive into DeAndre Swift injuries. I mean, it's all over the map. DeAndre Swift's missing practice after practice after practice. People talking about, man, maybe he's not going to be an impact now from from the beginning. Maybe they're going to have to take it slow with this kid. Come on now, everybody's overplaying this. You're overthinking it. DeAndre Swift is a baller. I almost think it may be the opposite. The Lions may have saw he's got so much talent in the beginning that they kind of are easing out whatever he is dealing with because they don't want the hype to get crazy. They don't want to, people to see this guy out making plays. 
Swift has some injury history as well as I could see him being a player that's out from time to time. The Lions always get hit with that where they draft a talented football player, especially at the running back position, and they are just dinged up, never can consistently stay on the field. You know, I hope that's not the case with this guy, but I'm definitely leaning more towards Swift is fine. You know, word of just from recording came back. It looks like he's had the pads on today. He's back at practice. I would expect big things from DeAndre Swift. You know, I I think, you know, as long as he doesn't have any hamstring or knee issues, I think he'll come out rolling from day one. I mean, I'm more worried about carry-on, to be honest, when it comes to injuries as well as what does he have now. Um, I think DeAndre Swift has shown consistently what he can do and is going to be dynamic in the passing game, the running game, a really good player off the field, somebody that this team can really make a centerpiece. That That's kind of how I see DeAndre Swift. So, we will we will see, but I would say don't worry about all these injuries until he really starts missing ball games that matter. And guy at running back with his talent, you know, you don't have to ease them in like you do at other positions. I mean, I think he's got the talent where they can have sets and plays and designs for him to be dynamic from day one. So um, don't worry, Lions fans. Swift's going to be a baller, even if it takes a little bit longer. No big deal, but I, I see him still making an impact against Chicago Bears when they open up in less than two weeks now, which is incredible. Oh, that's felonious. It's felonious. <laughs> All right, next thing on my docket, Okuda not starting. Everybody, oh, my God, we took him third overall. Like, how can he not be the dead set starter from day one? Come on, people. Don't, don't you think this is just the Lions coaching staff knowing that Okuda is the type of player where if he feels like he's underperforming or he feels like he's not the top guy, all he's going to do is work harder. All he's going to do is want it more. DeAndre Swift's, I mean, Okuda, Jeff Okuda is a hell of a ball player. He's going to be a great player for this team for years to come. Even if they went with A.O., O., baby, and uh, true font to start the season, like, fine, like, I got no big issues. I mean, I'm not going to go crazy over it. Like, I, I'm looking at Okuda as a 5- to 10-year player here, not a, oh, if he doesn't play day one, there's major issues. Like, the guy's going to be great. The guy's going to be fine. I think this is much more of trying to push the guy instead of, oh, he he's not playing well. Every rookie is going to have things they need to clean up. You know, they had no off season, So you may see slower development from a few of these guys. But Jeff Okuda, DeAndre Swift, you know, Okwara and uh, Jonah Jackson, as well as we've seen Cephas. These these guys are all going to make impacts, and then I think I'm going to get to to them later, but Huntley has been balling out, making plays and scrimmages and whatnot. So this is a dynamic draft class by the Detroit Lions, and I'm not going to worry about, you know, what's going on, the first few practices, the first couple padded practices, <clears throat> you know, the first game. I, I want to know these guys can play ball and can be great teammates, and I think they all – for the most part, can be. And that's going to be a, a huge help for this football team moving forward. Serenity now! Jared Davis, my favorite linebacker, is next on my list. Yeah, Grifka, I know you're out there somewhere listening up. Listen up, because I know you probably think he's not that great. I probably know you're not quite for sure how he's going to play, throwing out your ums and whatever. I'm here to tell you, there's a lot of hype coming around Jared Davis. Um, he's got beat up for a couple years here. Everybody acts like, oh, wow, you lifted some weights, and that still doesn't let you diagnose defenses. This guy's a thumper, man. He's a physical player. He's a good character guy, and I feel like this is the season. I've seen no signs of them taking away his snaps or changing his role. I feel like he's either going to be you know, in the middle of your defense from day one or somewhere in that linebacker core playing big-time snaps. I feel like there's no reason he can't be a physical player. The help of Jamie Collins being there, a veteran, as well as Tavai being year two. I mean, that can't do anything but help him. Just let your speed fly, man. Let your instincts go and uh, play some dynamic football. This could be the year for Jared Davis. So I'm excited about it. Um, I, I I know me and Grifka, you know, battle it out here on the show about Jared Davis, but... As Grifko would often say, as we've talked about on previous shows, I've always been a fan. I continue to be a fan. And I just hope Jared Davis plays real well so I can come on this podcast every week and rub it in on Grifka and say, see, yeah, the guy didn't play well in, in spurts. Or you, you picked out the three plays that he didn't do well. He's a good football player. He's got speed, talent, ability, size, all the things you look for. 
and he, here in year, you know, four, five, wherever he's going into, like, he, he's out there playing now. So just be excited about that instead of worrying about the couple plays he misses every once in a while. Next topic, Kenny Galladay, his contract signing. Again, Kenny's been quoted as saying he hopes it gets done before the season. Last time I checked, we're about uh, 13 days away when I'm recording from playing Lions football. Probably 12 or less when you're listening to this. Kenny Galladay is a priority for the Detroit Lions. I don't want them going out and getting Leonard Fournette or getting other players and sacrificing a, a, a baller like Kenny Galladay. I, I feel like him and Taylor Decker have to be your top priorities in, in signing them as extensions, but I'm not too worried about it. I mean, time is ticking. Like I don't know if you're going to get either one done before the season, and as I've said with Bob Quinn before, as much as I like him, as much as I try to support him, as much as I think his draft you know, history as well as some other moves he's made has really helped his football team long term, I think sometimes he does sleep at the wheel and you don't get this done and Kenny does have a better season than than I'm even expecting or others are expecting, it could be very hard to get him done later. Uh, Taylor Decker, you know, same difference. So I I think it's important to get Kenny Kenny signed. I don't know how many times I can say it here on the show. I don't think he's an 18 to $20 million player. I hear all these things. Oh, he scored three times, two times at scrimmage. Oh, he every practice he's making great plays him and marvin are on guard all this okay great i I feel great about that as a lions fan but it still doesn't mean i'm willing to pay him top five top eight type money do i want kenny in the fold on a three four probably not three years four five year deal is probably where it's going to fall in i absolutely do and i've said my mark is around anywhere from you know People are going to say I'm crazy, but 12 to 15 sounds much more manageable to me. If you say, oh, there's no way he'll take 12, I mean, okay, we'll we'll move it up there. But like I say, I'm not willing to go much more past that. If he did sign for four years, 18 on average, I would just be happy that we have Kenny Galladay as a player. Hope that he can take that number one um Not the number one role. He's the number one for the Detroit Lions. But my worry is that he's not an elite top 10, top 8, top 5 type receiver in the entire league. And that's what it really comes down to when you're talking contracts. So you can't just pay him because he's the best on the Detroit Lions. Or, hey, I'm going to just pay him above market value because market value is going to change. Like, no. Like, you've got to deal with what's his production been in the grand scheme of things. What's it going to be in the future? What's his age? What's he look like as just a dominant number one receiver? And then what's that worth to Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia, and the Detroit Lions? We'll see. But I want Kenny Galladay signed. I don't know if it's going to happen before the season. That price point is going to be very interesting to me if and when they do sign him. But Kenny G, I hope, is here to stay. I love him as a player. I love him as a guy. And uh, as much as we have arguments here on the show, I'm in his corner, no doubt about it. All right, a couple more topics before we hit the break here. And uh, got plenty after the break as well. So word came out from, gosh, was this Tim Twentyman or somebody was just saying Taylor Decker has been absolutely dominant. I think even Eric Schlitt of Lions Wire on his podcast was talking about Taylor Decker is a dominant football player. He's been had a great camp. He's barely ever getting beat. Yes, Grifka. I'm talking to you, directly to you. I know there's some fans out there that love Taylor Decker and there's some haters like you, but I'm talking to you since you're not on the show and interrupt me and go on and on about how you're going to, you know, uh, give him the stanky leg or, um, you know, when I know really he would just choke slam you right through the barricade if we were at training camp and you were talking this noise about him. Taylor Decker not only is a more than adequate left tackle, he's proven to be a leader on this football team. You look at Taylor Decker, he's out there at front when they're doing the we won't be silent. He's been said to be the alpha in the offensive line room. This guy's a great guy and a really good player that you want on this team for years to come. You don't want to let him go and then go have to figure out left tackle from scratch. That's a that's a three-year project with basically anybody you get unless you get a top five talent 
um, that can just come in and start from day one. So Taylor Decker has been dominant. I love hearing it. I love rubbing it in Grifka's face. I feel like this is a year, not only is he going to play well, but let's go get him inked up to Lions. Maybe even link up Decker before you deal with Galladay. That, that'd be my strategy. So really excited about that. Last topic before the break, Marvin Jones. Every practice report you read, Marv is just balling out. The guy's making plays. He's out there um, you know, scoring touchdowns. He's making everybody on the defensive back look silly. Seems to be in the best shape of his life. I'm here to tell you, you look at the Lions receiving core, Marv Jones, Kenny Galladay, now Cephas coming up, as well as Marvin Hall being a little bit uh, better this year in different elements. That's a great core, not only right now. Here's my take. What about bringing Marvin back on a one, two, maybe even a three-year extension? I feel like this guy fits in great here. I feel like even if you had to pay him, he's proven it. He's worth it. Him and Kenny get along great with their temperament. That's fun to watch them. They almost look like the same body type, same type of player, interchangeable in those ways. This is my petition for let's bring Marvin Jones back you know I know we don't have unlimited funds and I've already just campaigned for Kenny and Decker to get extensions but Marvin Jones keeps playing great football I don't know why you let him go somewhere else I mean he's not just barely 30 years old I believe I mean there's no reason he can't play until like 32 even 33 as a good player especially as a compliment a number two even a number three type player in this team I mean it's possible so Marv, keep doing what you're doing. Keep playing good football. I really think you've got uh, some great things, and I think that everybody should be a lot more excited about Marvin Jones than they are. They act like, oh, yeah, he's doing good. Hey, he'll only be here this year, and then he's gone. I mean, the guy's been tremendous here in Detroit, and I feel like you can, um, if he can stay healthy this year, have a great season, and you can work out a deal where he doesn't want to go anywhere else, why would you let him go anywhere else? Just keep him here and make him a part of the Detroit Lions I think that would be something outside the box, something that's not expected, but something that would be worthwhile. Like, go ahead and do it. Let's get it done. So, Bob Quinn, that's something for you to chew on. Cornbread! 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 We're going to take a quick break, get our sponsors in here. Appreciate you so much for listening to our sponsors. Uh, me and Grifka trying to keep the lights on here. Uh, the listenership keeps improving. We love doing the show, and we're really looking forward to actual games to talk about. Um, breakdown. We really think this will be a much better season than the last uh, couple that we've had to deal with, which have been disappointing for lots of different circumstances and variables. I think this is the year we have a, a good, young, hungry team that will put it together. So keep drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. Keep listening to the show and share it with a friend. And we'll take that quick break for our sponsors when we come back. I got, I got probably 10, 12 more topics I'm going to get into. So I hope you guys like this rapid fire that I've been trying to do. Get a lot in here. Talk about a lot. Because before you know it, when, when Grifka, when the Waffle Maker comes back next week, it's game week. It's game week on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast for two shows. We'll do a preview of the Bears game. Um, be talking all about it. And then also, you guys can hit up my show that drops Thursday mornings. That's called Believe. B-L-E-A-V, it's spelled. Believe in Lions with the one and only Lion Safety, Benny Blades. I know Benny is chomping at the bit to talk about real football. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be talking about his hurricanes. I'm sure we're going to be getting in some back and forths. But we got a fun show with Benny Blades this week. I'm going to be asking him about training camp buzz. I'm going to be asking Benny about those players that maybe had great camps and then fell off the map or what was cut day like for Benny Blades. We're also going to get Benny Blades' predictions. I'm going to walk him through the schedule. I want to hear what Benny thinks is going to happen in these ball games, and then hear what he has to say when it does happen. After every game, we're going to be breaking it down Thursday mornings for you on Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. So check that out as well. I think that's all my uh, promos I got to do right now. What I got to do is get out of here because I got a lot more lines to talk about right after the break. Everybody, we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Detroit Kool-Aid. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, we are back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Please smash that subscribe button on the podcast if you listen on Apple. If you want to go over to our friends at Spotify, it's super simple. I think you hit favorite on that. shows right up to your feed. Um, We're super consistent on this show. I mean, nobody's dropping uh, multiple pods the way we do every week. We laugh. We have fun. We talk football. We don't mess around with all the things that don't matter. We're here to talk Lions football. Twice a week on this show, once on Thursday with Benny Blades, Believe in Lions. Um, hit that subscribe, hit that favorite button. You can find us on any podcast platform and tell another Lions fan, hey, during the season, you got to check these guys out, man. They're trying to make you laugh. They're trying to have fun and they love the Detroit Lions. So do that. Um, no doubt about it. All right, let's, let's get into this right now. So I put this on Twitter a couple days ago. Like, is it just me or does it seem like every team across the league is doing legit practices in their jerseys tackle football you know ones v ones at their home stadium except the detroit lions like the lions have had all these practices they're wearing pads they're doing some some 11s they're doing some one-on-ones you know we're having a little bit of hitting maybe a goal line or whatever but the lions need to get a couple legit scrimmages under their belt and they need to get these rookies and people to forward field and get that whole rundown. I know the word is Matt Patricia's doing it after the media probably so they can't see it and he wants to be ultra secretive. Okay. You know, I get it. You you don't want anybody to know anything. You want to try to get the competitive advantage. But let's get it done because we're under two weeks away. You don't have this legit scrimmage. You don't get your people acclimated in time before you know it. When are you going to do it? Because you wait till mid-late this week. I mean, what, are you going to have a scrimmage the, the, a few days before the week of? No. You know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to happen this week, and that's fine. But I feel like other teams did it one, two weeks ago. Got it got it done with, you know, given their time. If they did get dinged up from something like that, they'd be, they'd be set. And I feel like the lines are cutting it close. So we will we will see what happens, you know, in, in regards to that. It's like, duh. It's like, duh. It's like, duh. Next topic. Jonah Jackson, the kid from Ohio State, also played at Rutgers. They got this guy. They got Jonah Jackson at pick 75 overall. They traded up for him. Um, Guy had a great senior bowl. You know, pretty good in college. Had had a few issues as well. And it seems like this kid's playing really good at camp, which is really um, a positive note that Lions fans should should be excited about. I mean, he's plugged right in at right guard from day one. You know, I'm excited about that. I think I remember going on a roundtable on the Believe Podcast Network talking with, like, the Pat, you know, Believe in Packers, Believe in Bears, and all those guys. And I told them straight up, the Lions were going to have uh, four to five, you know, impact players, maybe even starters from this draft class. And if we're looking at it, Okuda, Swift, um, you know, uh, Julian Okwara, Jonah Jackson. Then you're looking at Quintez Cephas be a real contributor. Uh, Stenberg seems like a, a backup at this point, as well as Penasini. Huntley looks like he'll be able to make some plays here and there. And then you got Cornell, who went down with the uh, Achilles injury. So you're still looking at four top guys. Plus, don't don't shake a stick at Cephas or Huntley. They seem to really be nice finds by Bob Quinn. So. Jonah Jackson, if he can start from day one and be solid, that's going to really help this offensive line. I think I was telling Benny Blades that I, I like Taylor Decker. I like Frank Ragnow. And my and I like Jonah Jackson. My my question marks are more so with Hal Vitae. And they still got Joe Dahl over there at left guard, which, okay, Joe Dahl is serviceable, but, you know, he, he doesn't cost you much. He doesn't say much. He isn't that great, but he's not bad either. So I, I feel like if you want to play him there, great. But, you know, I, I'm just curious what Stenberg has if he really unleashed his nasty and his ability to play. But I don't think we're going to see it, you know, um, right away or maybe even early in the season. So at least Jonah Jackson is plugging in there. And that's really helpful because they were 
Definitely pretty empty at that right guard position. Waiting for Frank Ragnow and that O-line take a step up. And we'll see if this is the year. You know, we really like them to be solid, protect number nine, and let him sling it, no doubt about it. Hey, listen, Ohio State sucks. <laughs> All right, this is a, a semi-hot take, but pro- maybe it's not with a lot of you Lions fans. There's been some really good buzz coming out about Danny Shelton. Danny Shelton's a, a guy that's come here as a first-round pick for Cleveland, then went to the Pats, played pretty good over there. Now he's coming to the Lions at basically 26 years old, I want to say. he's a. There's not too many humans walking on this earth that are as big as Danny Shelton and as athletic. I mean, the guy can move. He, he seems to be doing really well at camp. Uh, a really integral piece for what the Detroit Lions do on defense. I'm here to ask the question, is Danny Shelton just straight up going to be a lot better than Snacks was for the Detroit Lions? I mean, Snacks had his stint, don't get me wrong, where he played great when he came over here via the trade. But I'm thinking that we might have upgraded that position with Danny Shelton in there. He's younger, he's bigger, he's just um, probably more athletic overall and and seems to really want to be here and want to be part of this change. So I think that's an upgrade. I know everybody was thinking, oh, geez, he's just lost... Um, you know, you, you you lost snacks, so what are you going to do in the middle? Like, I feel Danny Shelton, you know, being able to combo with Deshaun Hand as well as being able to combo with Nick Williams, that's going to be good stuff to watch. I'm excited to see it. I feel like Shelton's that big, you know, Samoan Polynesian type guy in the middle. He, he's got the uh, he's got the crazy hair like Tavai, which is awesome. He's a, a big guy you can't move off the ball. And the good part is not only can you not move him off the ball, he can move himself off the ball, though, and go get people, making tackles, making plays. I mean, I want to say he had 60-some tackles, and I think this is a guy that's going to be fun to watch in the middle of the defense. So I'm here to say, you know, I know we supported Snacks on this show and, and you know, was kind of disappointed again how he exited the building, but Danny Shelton, I think, is a ball player and another nice find by this regime and going to be not one of those guys that comes in, oh, man, he was he – was, uh, you know, a Patriots guy, and then he comes to the Lions, and he's not good. I feel like he's going to be a good player for multiple years here in Detroit. I'm excited to watch it. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. All right, this this next topic, it's got people all up in arms except for me. Tracy Walker playing with the twos. You know, my question is, I haven't been able to decipher the logic on why the Lions, you know, interchange, you know, their guards during games. I, I don't know why sometimes they're putting, like, a Stenberg at center when he's never really played center. You know, I know you guys are screaming, because they need to cross-train, because they need to be position versatile. Yeah, I get it, but not every player on your team can have position flexibility across the board as much as you'd want them to have that so you're telling me oh they're playing Tracy Walker with the twos so Will Harris can get reps and um, this and the other I I think Tracy Walker's a heck of a ball player I'm never gonna claim to he was a top of my draft board and I knew this guy but he was pretty fun to watch pretty early in his career and now he's just coming into his own I think with his physical traits you you can't teach the arm length he has you can't coach up some of the things that this guy does just from a physical perspective his length his ability to run his ability to tackle so everybody acting like oh man is he even with the twos is he gonna start is he gonna be as impactful as we thought it's gonna be tracy walker and deron Harmon there on the back end and they're gonna be fun to watch tracy walker has pro bowl capabilities this year he has ability to become a detroit Lions fan favorite um, for those that he isn't already um, you know a fan uh, other people that don't know about this guy already I think he's going to jump on the scene this year so this again is it's Detroit Lions moving him around having him play with other people I don't know all their reasoning for it but Tracy Walker is going to be out there a lot he's going to be out there with the ones He's going to be balling this year. I can't wait to watch number 21 do his thing. I think he was on Instagram recently talking about it's tea time. And then he said, uh, what was his other one? Something about uh, Savage 21, I think was his other hashtag he put out. So, 
you know, definitely get after those. I know I've called him T-Walk before here on the show. I mean, this guy's just a, he's a ball player. I can't wait to see him this year. I hope he stays healthy. I hope he makes a lot of plays for this team. I mentioned this kid earlier. We took him in the third round, um, pick 67, Julian Oquara. What's Julian Oquara's ceiling? Because I know when I saw him at camp, um, some of the things Lions have been doing at camp, Tori Petri obviously been doing a tremendous job, as she always does. You know, Tim Twentyman out there, I always like his stuff because he doesn't mess around. He talks football, especially on those press conferences. You can always be good for Tim Twentyman to ask a football question rather than, some random COVID question or something about society or, hey, did you get married or, you know, uh, what, what's your favorite dinner? Me- I mean, all this stuff. Like, Tim Twentyman talks football. They've also had uh, TJ Lang on there, which has been really fun. But um, when I saw Julian O'Quara on there, they were talking about defensive line, even though he's going to be lumped in more with the linebackers. Um, it, it's hard to figure out what's the ceiling because Julian O'Quara, to me, they say he's going to be with the linebackers, but... Most people think he's going to be mostly a rush player here in, in year one, especially. I think this kid's special. You know, I was looking at him, his arms too are long. He's uh, got room to grow, but he's still a big, good-looking athlete. I, I know people have compared him to, like, this is the next Jamie Collins type player. And, you know, I don't know what his ceiling is in year one. I think it's more a position... Uh, situational pass rusher as well as a guy that will make a few splash plays this year i think you'll see some some either forced fumbles or fumble recoveries i think you'll see him get a sack or two when we really need it or when he's out there on the on the football field but yeah i think uh, year two year three he's going to be that coverage type um rush linebacker where you can move him all around you know he's athletic enough to to cover and to to do some things, but he's also big enough and and quick enough and explosive enough to come off that edge and, and get after the quarterback. So I'm really excited about this guy. He's basically a first round talent that we got in the upper third round because of the injury that he sustained. But he's here with his brother. He seems to have the injuries behind him. I think this guy's going to be dynamic. I don't know how soon, and I also don't know how dynamic. Like, can this guy be a a really upper echelon, really, you know, top five player on your on your defense here in years two and three? Or is he going to be a guy that takes a little bit longer, even though he has the talent, underperforms, maybe has some injury issues that, that slow him down? I don't know. But I'm excited about maybe what his ceiling could be, and people aren't talking about him a lot. But I feel like Okwara is going to have a role here in year one and could definitely surprise some people as an impact defensive player in situations for the Lions. And they need more of those, and they need guys that have a good head on their shoulders, athletic, physical. I think he's got all those things, so excited about it. Do it! Just do it! Jason Huntley, my next player I want to discuss. And my question is, is Jason Huntley a playmaker? I mean, this kid's out of New Mexico State, a little bit smaller, but he seems confident. I mean, there are lots of reports the last couple of scrimmages that he's getting the football. He's making 15, 20-yard runs, catching the football. I mean, the stats come out, which, again, I wasn't. he wasn't on my big draft radar. But Jason Huntley, 1,000 yards receiving as a, as a college football player, um, you know, can run, scored a bunch of touchdowns as well at New Mexico State. So this guy could be a really dynamic, almost like a – you hate to call him a fifth running back, but that seems to be kind of where he's slotted in now. But – Seems to be almost like a athletic upgrade from McKissick, who did some nice things last year. Seems to be a guy that wants the football, not afraid of the moment. He needs some coaching up, no doubt about it, but you can't teach the type of speed he has. If this guy can catch the ball and can also be used in gadget roles, and when he does get a run, either sweep, toss, whatever it may be, if he's able to hit that hole and get up the field for 10, 15, 20, 30 yards on certain plays... That's going to be fun to watch. So I think Huntley is a playmaker. I just don't know how many plays he's going to make here in 2020 because I think he will be used sparingly. But I think this could turn out to be a better pick than most people thought, me included, from Bob Quinn. But it's still a wait-and-see approach on him until I really see him. Because you get so limited looks in these camp. You know, you're watching these camp practices. I mean, they're not showing... 
crazy dynamic you know uh, video you're getting glimpses of guys up close shots i mean i i can't see the actual juice this kid has or what does he look like in the jersey or how they're going to use him we'll know that after probably four eight games of the season okay here's what we got in this guy but got playmaker ability i mean i think there's no doubt about it could be an exciting player to watch Quintez Cephas. I just wrote down Cephas equals pro. Every time I see Quintez, Tez, Cephas, whatever you want to call him, Quintez seems like a a three to four year pro. I mean, he looks put together. I mean, his shoulders are rocked up. He's got some arms on him. Dude's been making plays almost every day in camp from what I've read and what I've heard. This is exciting, man, because... As I said, every time I would turn on a Wisconsin game, I felt like Cephas was the guy making plays. So now to know that he's up here with the Detroit Lions making plays, that that gets me fired up. And the main reason it does is because one of the big talking points coming into the season was the Lions have no wide receivers inked up after this year. And they still don't because they haven't signed Kenny. They haven't, you know, and most people don't think they'll keep Marv around. I can't imagine you keep... Danny Amendola again on another five-year, five million dollar deal at thirty-six years old. Or man, he's up there. I think I looked it up recently. I was like, dang, Danny Amendola is like thirty. I want to say he's over thirty-five, which was surprising to me. But um, Amendola has been great. I think Amendola will have a good year this year. But if Cephas played great in college and now he's playing great in camp as a rookie with no off-season program. I can only imagine this guy is going to slot in really nicely in 2021 as a number two on, on a great contract. Again, a guy with not blazing speed, but a guy that will catch it over the middle. You know, same thing. Like Kenny and Marv are so good right now. They're not blowing you away with speed. They're just physical, go-get-the-football type receivers. And I think Bob Quinn found another one in Tez. And I feel like that's going to solve our wide receiver problem because you can have Kenny and and Tez and then go out and get – you know, almost anybody. You could get a late round draft pick. You could go get a speed guy. You could get a, a veteran free agent. You could keep Marv around. You could do all these things to make sure that you come into 2021 with a nice receiving core again, and and the cupboard isn't bare there. So I think it's really impressive. I think Cephas has been, uh, you know, a really nice surprise and a really good find by Bob Quinn. So. Hope he keeps it up in the season. Hope he plays gritty and grimy. Hope he gets opportunities and hopes that he stays healthy first and foremost. So really excited about that. I do declare. I do declare. Now I'm done. Rack me. All right, everybody. Been doing the solo show. I got a couple more topics. Again, I just want to thank you for listening. Me and Griff could have fun with these solo shows. Kind of lets us talk unfiltered um, to the fans. You know, what's on our mind as well as, uh, you know, entertain a little bit. So, you know, as Grifka says, I'm going to piggyback on uh, a lot of my talk about these year two guys or guys that I think can can have a good season for the Detroit Lions. And I'm going to piggyback or do a quick follow-up, as Grifka often says, with Jelani Tavai. What is Jelani Tavai? Like, he was taken in the upper, upper second round, like the eighth pick in the second round, basically. Jelani Tavai from Hawaii. Uh, Grifka called him the poor man Spielman before he ever played a down for the Detroit Lions. Like... I had no clue who this guy was in the draft process. He comes in, you're like, all right, let's see what he has. You know, beat reporters last year saying, oh, man, this guy looks like he's just, you know, a ball player. Looks like he fits right in. Looks like he's going to be an impact player. And then what did he do in his rookie year, really? You know, he had a fumble recovery against, um, you know, the Chargers where he caused a fumble on the goal line. That was That was awesome. He had an interception late in the year, which really meant nothing, but was still a good football play. And then he had some tackles in between. Nothing extraordinary, but yeah, he did play based on injuries and based on need. But I, I don't know what this kid has. Like, I'm excited to watch him here in year two. I think he's got a great head on his shoulders. As far as football goes, I did see him doing some kind of ridiculous things on Instagram in the offseason, not only with the fireworks, but then he had some other video where he was getting tanked with all his buddies. Um, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, we'll, we'll see if this guy can become a pro or, or maybe you need some of that. Like I've said, I don't want a bunch of choir boys across the board with the Detroit Lions. So what is Jelani Tavai? 
Shalani Tavai, show me this year. 51, go out and make plays. Go out and be physical. Be able to cover a little bit. Be able to get your hands on the football, either uh, you know stripping it out or, or every once in a while seeing that under route, be able to make a play. This is a big year because you can't have a, a high second rounder just washing out or being low-level player. He's got to be out there. He's got to be versatile. The thing I like most about him is it feels like he's been open and willing to learn all spots of linebacker. And that's what the Detroit Lions want, and that's very valuable. But you still got to be able to make plays at a high level. And I think I'll have a better handle on who Jelani Tavai is as a player, either early in this season or definitely by the time the season is over. But he's got a big question mark right now for me of what does he do well? What's his ceiling? Is he going to be impactful? Is he just a, a basic piece that's a depth player that you're happy to have, but he's not going to be dynamic? Like, we'll wait and see. So, Jalen Tavai, I'm going to have my eye on you. I can't wait to see what you do this year. Duran Harmon. The Lions traded a fifth-round pick for Duran Harmon. This is going to be an awesome trade by Bob Quinn. I don't have his contract in front of me. I'm not sure if he's here for a couple years or if they're going to have to bring him back. I don't know. I think he's here for under contract for at least two years. And then, you know, he, he's not he's not super young. So I think at that point you might have a decision. But for this year and next year, I think Deron Harmon is going to be kind of that perfect piece the Lions have been missing um, since Glover Quinn departed. But, but the thing that Deron Harmon has is he's a Matt Patricia guy. He's a he's a bought into this system where Clover Quinn was a you know he was a a Reverend Jim Caldwell guy and never bought into the system. So yeah, we had a a free safety that could play single that could could make plays, but he was never bought in like Deron Harmon. He you know I think was a even Deron Harmon's a little bit more no nonsense, a little bit more straight up football. I think Deron Harmon is going to be. Just a, a very fun, good veteran to watch. I also think that for a fifth-round pick, this is going to be well worth the value. Again, another nice move by Bob Quinn. And I'm just excited to see the knowledge he can give to Will Harris, the ability adding another versatile safety will add to this defense. Um, I think Jerron Harmon, people don't realize yet how much it's going to free up Tracy Walker. I mean, Tracy Walker now can come down and play in the box. He can play in the slot guard people. He can he can blitz. You can move him around. You can play him almost as a float linebacker where he can just run and tackle or try to make a play on the football. It just totally frees him up. So tremendous trade. Can't wait to see 2-6 Deron Harmon out there making plays. And uh, just think he's a great vet, and you need those on a team, even when I'm always looking for the young guys. Drink it in, man. So... This is kind of my rapid fire show. Been talking now for about 40 minutes, somewhere in that range. So I'm going to end it with this. We're a week away from game week by the time you're listening to this. Before you know it, next week will be gearing up for the Bears. It seems crazy to know that not this Sunday, but next Sunday we'll be playing Lions football. Next Thursday, the NFL will be kicking off. And that's going to be just incredible you know just something that we all need we've all been waiting for can't wait for my fantasy football teams and everything to get rolling um, this season it's going to be going to be great to have football back but what what are the expectations for the lions you know on this show i drink it in i serve that detroit kool-aid for all you guys i try to be positive grifka often uh, wait and see negative guy you know try to you know if everything works out great he's happy if anything goes wrong he's going to be you know just harping on it on the show and down in the dumps and all that I feel like the expectations for this team this year are, are simply this. You know, this is a very crucial year for Matt Stafford. It's a very important year for Matt Patricia, Bob Quinn. I think their defense is going to be better, but I don't know how much better. You know, it, obviously it's going to be better than last season, but wh- what is it going to reach that where they were almost top 10, you know, in, in 2018 towards the end there? Is it going to be that good? I, I don't know. I want to say middle of the pack. Because if they're middle of the pack, I think this offense has enough weapons. I didn't even talk about TJ Hawkinson on this episode. I think he's going to have a nice year too. I don't know if the stats will be there, but I think he's going to be just that that matchup guy that you can move the chains with, you can feature in the red zone. So I think the Lions are going to have to win those um, games they should win. They're going to have to find ways to win those close games as well. But I think anywhere from 
seven, eight, nine, ten wins is going to be that range. Anywhere from seven to ten is kind of be where you're at with this team. And if they just ball out and everything goes well and Swift is healthy and Hawkinson's a beast and the outside receivers are unguardable and the defense, Jamie Collins, is good as expected. Like, that's where I think you start getting into, like, the 10, 11, 12 type wins, winning the division, things like that. I do think this is a great year where the Lions could win the division at, you know, 9, 10 wins. I think the NFC North as well as the NFL in general is going to be a bit of a crapshoot. So I'm thinking that they just, I want to see them play solid football. I don't want to go through an injury-riddled season. I don't want to be sitting here in week four talking about uh, a coach blunder or a late-game loss or a referee call. I just want to have a good football season where every week they come in, they're balanced on both sides of the football, dynamic sometimes on offense, fun to watch you know, at, on at parts of the defense, and they just give teams fits. I mean, just looking at that schedule, like you're telling me you can't go and beat Green Bay in the, I mean, the the Bears in the opener. You can't then go to Green Bay with an empty stadium and play well again there. You know, go down to Arizona, beat the hell out of them, have a tough game against New Orleans, um, then take your bye week, beat the piss out of Jacksonville. You know, go down to Atlanta, probably have a shootout down there. You know, have the Colts come into your house. The Colts are are good, but it's at your house. You should be able to hang with them. Then go to Minnesota, hopefully put the, the nightmares to bed about there. I mean, they've added a couple of pieces recently, but, you know, they also lost some players on offense, so be able to play with them. Then go just light up the scoreboard uh, with Washington. Then, you know, at Carolina, they shouldn't be very good. You know, a little hard to deal with with the new coach, but I feel like that's another winnable football game. Houston's a good team, but they're coming to Ford Field. You're going to be able to, you know, uh, hang there and probably have a fun game to watch. Then you're going to at Chicago where the weather might be bad, but so might the Bears, so that might be another winnable. Um, you know, Green Bay coming to your house after that. At Tennessee, nobody's scared to go to Tennessee and play a football game. Go down there and, and deal with their run game and their boring offense. You know, they're good defense, don't get me wrong, and got some things going for them. Then you got to have Tom Brady visit your house late in the year. That game might have... A lot of implications. It's going to be a tough one. I think Tampa Bay is going to be really good this year. And then you got uh, you got Minnesota to finish it out at, at Ford Field. So, you know, hopefully there's not much to play for there. But if so, you know, beat the hell out of the Vikings in your house. Win the NFC North and go play, a, hopefully, a playoff game in Ford Field despite the craziness of, of 2020 and COVID and all that. So my expectations are high, but I also... When I put them in that seven, eight, nine, ten wins type category, that's because I just want to see solid, good football. I want to stay healthy. I want Matt Stafford to have a good year. I want this defense to be better. I want them to win close ball games. And I want to be proud of this team most weeks this year. I don't want to be sitting here talking about you know ridiculous things or being like oh, another lost season because of injury or because of bad football. I want to be sitting here, man. Look at the strides they've taken. Look at the player. Tracy Walker is like look at this football team from top to bottom like look out for them in 2021 if they don't win the division or don't make the playoffs that's the kind of things I want to be saying but I think this is a year to be excited about this team to drink that Detroit Kool-Aid and to come here every week every week and listen to us talk all about it right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast thank you so much everybody Rapid Fire talked about a ton on this show. We'll see what Grifka can bring on a Friday, but um, thought it was fun talking Lions, and I can't wait for next week. It's game week. Let's go. Drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Catch you next week, everybody. Take care. I'm out. Drink it in, man.